for action. I dropped in to talk a few minutes one day with George F. Johnson, the industrialist and humanitarian. He was president of the great Endicott Johnson Corporation at the time. More interesting to me, though, was the knowledge that he was a speaker who could make his hearers laugh and sometimes cry, and often remember for a long time what he said. He didn't have a private office. He had a corner of a big, busy factory, and his manner was as unpretentious as his old wooden desk. You've come at a good time, he said as he stood up to greet me. I've just got a job out of the way. I've jotted down what I want to say at the end of a talk I'm going to give to the workers tonight. It's always a relief to get a talk ship shape in your mind from beginning to end, I told him. Oh, I haven't got it all in mind yet. Just the general idea in the specific way I want to finish it. He was not a professional speaker. He never went in for ringing words or fine phrases. From experience, however, he had learned one of the secrets of successful communication. He knew that if a talk is to go over well, it has to have a good ending. He realized that the conclusion of a talk is the part toward which all that precedes it must reasonably move if an audience is to be impressed. The close is really the most strategic point in the talk. What one says last, the final words left ringing in the ears when one sees us. These are likely to be remembered longest. Unlike Mr. Johnson, beginners seldom appreciate the importance of this. Their endings often leave much to be desired. What are their most common errors? Let us discuss a few and search for remedies. First, there is the man who finishes with, That is about all I have to say on the matter, so I guess I shall stop. The speaker usually throws a smoke screen over his inability to end a talk satisfactorily by lamely saying, Thank you. That is not an ending. That is a mistake. It reeks of the amateur. That is almost unpardonable. If that is all you have to say, why not round off your talk and promptly take your seat and stop without talking about stopping? Do that, and the inference that that is all you have to say may, with safety and good taste, be left to the discernment of the audience. Then, there is the speaker who says all he has to say, but he does not know how to stop. I believe it was Josh Billings who advised people to take the bull by the tail instead of the horns, since it would be easier to let go. This speaker has the bull by the frontal extremities and wants to part company with him, but try as hard as he will, he can't get near a friendly fence or tree, so he finally thrashes about in a circle, covering the same ground, repeating himself, leaving a bad impression. The remedy? An ending has to be planned some time, doesn't it? Is it the part of wisdom to try to do it after you are facing an audience? While you are under the strain and stress of talking, while your mind must be intent on what you are saying? Or does common sense suggest the advisability of doing it quietly, calmly, beforehand? How do you go about bringing your talk to a climactic close? Here are a few suggestions. Summarize. 
In the longer talk, a speaker is very apt to cover so much ground that at the close, the listeners are a little hazy about all his main points. However, few speakers realize that they are misled into assuming that because these points are crystal clear in their own minds, they must be equally lucid to their hearers. Not at all. The speaker has been pondering over his ideas for some time, but his points are all new to the audience. They are flung at the audience like a handful of shot. Some may stick, but most are liable to roll off in confusion. The hearers are liable, in the words of Shakespeare, to remember a mass of things but nothing distinctly. Some anonymous Irish politician is reported to have given this recipe for making a speech. First, tell them what you are going to tell them. Then tell them. Then tell them what you have told them. It is often highly advisable to tell them what you have told them. Here is a good example. The speaker, a traffic manager for one of Chicago's railways, ends his talk with a summary. In short, gentlemen, our own backdoor yard experience with this block device, the experience in its use in the east, in the west, in the north, the sound operating principles underlying its operation, the actual demonstration in the money saved in one year in wreck prevention, move me most earnestly and unequivocally to recommend its immediate installation on our southern branch. You see what he has done? You can see it and feel it without having heard the rest of the talk. He has summed up in a few sentences, in 62 words, practically all the points he had made in the entire talk. Don't you feel that a summary like that helps? If so, make that technique your own. action. The closing just quoted is also an excellent illustration of the ask for action ending. The speaker wanted something done, a blocked device installed on the southern branch of his road. He based his request for action on the money it would save, on the wrecks it would prevent. The speaker wanted action, and he got it. This was not a mere practice talk. It was delivered before the board of directors of a railway and it secured this insulation of the block device for which it asked. In your final words of a talk, to secure action, the time has come to ask for the order. So, ask for it. Tell your audience to join, contribute, vote, write, telephone, buy, boycott, enlist, investigate, acquit, or whatever it is you want them to do. Be sure to obey the caution signs, however. Ask them to do something specific. Don't say, help the Red Cross. That's too general. Say instead, send your enrollment fee of $1 tonight to the American Red Cross, 125 Smith Street in this city. Ask the audience for some response that is within their power to give. Don't say, let us cast our ballot against the demon room can't be done. At the moment, we are we aren't balloting on the demon rum. You could instead ask them to join a temperance society or to contribute to some organization which is fighting for prohibition. Make it as, as easy as you can for your audience to act on your appeal. Don't say, 
write your congressman to vote against this bill. 99% of your listeners won't do it. They are not vitally interested or it is too much trouble or they will forget. So make it easy and pleasant to act. How? By writing a letter yourself to your congressman saying, We, the undersigned, urge you to vote against bill number 74321. Pass the letter around with a fountain pen and you will probably get a lot of signers. And perhaps lose your fountain pen. (laughs) 